Trading Nut, episode 198. I'm very transparent about what I do. So my, my track record is just online and on LinkedIn. I post things about trading. Um, and that's how people found me basically via LinkedIn. And then they had connections uh, and some other people I know from building my business. They were like, hey, you're doing this trading thing. Um, can I invest in you? So I basically like actively, I wasn't really searching for it. It, it came to me. Once I had the results and I was just very transparent and open about it. Um, and during the conversations, I was also just showing, okay, this is what I backtested. These are the results I got live. They were very similar. Um, and just showing like confidence in your approach. It's really, really key. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Cass Darman back on the show. 90 episodes have passed from when we last had him back on, episode 108. Uh, he was a part-time trader who was trying to make that transition to full-time trading. He's made that transition now, and he's done it in a big, big way. You guys are going to get to hear that story in a second. How he is now trading full time, not just trading full time. He is trading uh, under a <laughs> with a prop firm. He is trading for a fund. He is managing other people's money. He's doing the whole lot. You guys are going to hear how he made that transition from part time trader or even newbie trader to part time to what he's doing now in the upcoming episode. Right before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you a couple of other things going on here at Trading Nut. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm very close to deciding whether or not I do it, um, but doing another live scalping challenge. So I'm not too sure what it's going to be called, but it's something along the lines of Scalp scalp London Open or, or London Scalping Open Open London, London Open Scalping Challenge or something like that. Uh, if you are interested, if you're up trading London, you do scalp it, you at least take one or two trades in that session, then you're the kind of person I want to hear from. Hit me up at support at tradingnut.com and I'll add you to the list of people that I'm going to reach out to. And if you've already applied for like Scalper versus Scalper or Trader versus Trader, then you guys will be included in the call out. That's going to happen soon um, if I decide to do it. All right, so uh, last but not least, two things. Uh, one is we've got the Smart Money Concept Series running with Aerial FX. So great little video up there on simplifying Smart Money Concepts trading. You've got to go and check that out. Robot Lab Live, we're in the midst. We've done eight weeks on this one bot. In fact, we did change the bot halfway through, but it's looking pretty good. Like today's session, we had, I think, out of the 28 markets we were testing, we had so like five, six-year test results that were actually killing it on at least maybe 75% of the market. So things are looking good. That bot is going to be ready to be released very soon. And you can still get a chance to get it. So if you do join Robot Lab Live, which is over there on tradingnut.com, then you'll get that bot. And you'll get all the videos and see how we built it from scratch, learn a bit about FX Dreamer and what I teach over there with the Robot Builders Club. Um, it's a great little product. You should go and check it out when you get a chance. Now, enough from me. Let's get on with the show. 
Alright folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Cass Darman in the house now. If he looks familiar, it is because he's been on the show, not just once, but quite a few times actually in various formats. Um, we've got him back on because in the last, well, you were on back in 2021 February. It's now 2022 October. Uh, I know you've had a dramatic change in your, in your, I suppose, lifestyle and trading lifestyle. And that's what we're going to get into today. So I won't spoil it all for you guys here before we dive in. But welcome back, Cass. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be back again. Well, look, it's a pleasure to get you on because it's you're, you've got a story which I you, you're sort of at the part of the journey where everyone's trying to aspire to get to that that's listening to the show unless they're already there. Um, but I know, like you know, the ninety odd percent are trying to get there. Do you want to sort of give a quick summary of what you've managed to achieve in the last? like 18 months and and then we can dive into some of the detail around it yeah sure so back when we had the interview in in february i was still trading part-time so i had a small part-time job on the side and i also traded and i got income from both now i'm just getting a full-time income from trading so what i've changed over the past like year or so is that i really went full-time trading so excuse me i have some different investors i trade for a small hedge fund now so i basically have all sorts of capital that i manage right now uh, and i get profit splits from all of those and that's how i can trade for a living right now in a short i do remember about i don't know it seemed like about six or seven months ago maybe even eight you were you hit me up and said hey do you know of any investors uh and then it was not so long after it couldn't even been a year ago you're like you're like, oh no, no, no! I'm already sorted. I've got, I've got that covered. I've got, yeah. I've got a. I'm working for a hedge fund. I'm doing this, that, and the other thing. So, so let's let's dive back into when you um, were last on the show, doing this part time, and we just to remind the people what you were doing, what it was like, how you were balancing your working life uh, with your trading life, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so I had a part-time job and the way I've always traded is that I found a way that I was easy to combine with a job um, because when I still was like having a full-time job, I also was trading and I needed to find a way to combine it. So I place my trades in the evening. It's a swing trading approach. It's very mechanical. And because of that, it was like easy to combine with my, my part-time job. So I would be working two or three days a week and the other days I would be getting better at trading, uh, improving things and just trading uh, and journaling and those type of things. So I really had like income from trading a bit, income from my work a bit. And I also had the time to keep improving. And then slowly I progressed into full-time trading basically, but it, it was a slow process and like you can, it's better to be a bit too slow than to just be like, okay, I quit my job and let's go full-time trading better be a bit more slow. I've always been a bit more on the conservative side with things. Um, so I didn't run into any problems when I went full time. And yeah, that's basically how I went about it. And just going back into like the the education and process that you, oh, sorry, the, the system and strategy you ended up trading, mm-hmm. how did that sort of combine to, to get you, I suppose, doing well out of the gates as a part-time trader, well enough to come on the show um, yeah. and be, consistently making money what what were the key elements to that that you can pass on to the guys listening um i think a few things number one it's so simple my strategy is really simple and i think too many people are looking for the complex things the the things that look great on a chart but that don't actually make money so that's like a key element of mine i still trade the exact same strategy as i did 
back then when we had the interview, just some minor tweaks. And it's really about just finding one thing, like you only need one setup that provides you with edge. And if you can consistently apply it, that's it basically, just one simple thing. And I think if people that are listening right now are looking at their strategy and maybe look look at it this way, like are these elements helping my trading? And if they're not, just get rid of them and stick with the basics, focus on one thing. Um, and that's like that really helped me to build a profitable strategy. And then like you can always make it more complex. But if you just start with a basic, simple strategy, you build some rules around it, you start gathering some data and then build from there. That's how I did it. And that's why what I'm doing still works. And, and how much data did you actually gather to, to give yourself you know, confidence and that, that this was a strategy for you? Um, I went back about 10 years and a few thousand trades. Right. So that's yep. a lot. And, and in, your two, in your two or three days off, or probably four days off of the week that you weren't working, how much time was that uh, allocated? How much time of that did you allocate to your back testing and getting that thousand? Oh, wow. A lot, a lot. Um, I, I really enjoy back testing. So for me, it wasn't really like, oh, I have to back test again. Um, but like, when I wasn't working like five, six hours a day of backtesting, and now still every day I backtest three hours, even though I'm profitable, even though I'm trading for a living, like I'm always looking for ways to improve my entry, my stop, whatever it is. Um, because I think like once you stop improving, there will be a time when your strategy will perform less and it will all go uh, worse basically. So I always keep improving. And so, so on this improvement process of your backtesting, so this sort of intrigues me because, mm-hmm. like, obviously, you know, you've, you've tested it 10 years. So mm-hmm. how, what on earth can you do to improve it and to not, like, veer off on a path that sort of starts to make it deteriorate? Um, how I go about it is I like to read books about trading i also like to listen to podcasts etc and then when i listen to a podcast i always think in my head is this something i can do to improve my trading um, then i write these things down and then i just sit in front of my screen and i think about okay how can i backtest this for example um, a better entry method i used to be trading a breakout without waiting for the retest and then i'd be like okay what if i enter at this specific retest area what does that do to improve my uh, profitability i leave everything the same just change one thing then i start gathering some data about it and then yeah see if it improves and i i go from there okay cool so so you got you got to a point where you were i mean i I think you sent me the actual uh, let's call it a cv of trading so this was you know your historical performance i think you had it on my fx book and mm-hmm. there was like an equity chart and stuff. What was the what was the point for you? Well, first of all, yeah, what was the point for you to go, well, look, I'm now ready to trade other people's money. I feel confident. I know you, I don't believe you went down the prop firm route, did you? Uh, I also have one account with a prop firm, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So so you, I know you, 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 you know, you were talking about um, getting investors. What was the sort of thinking around that? What was your plan? What was the plan of attack? Um, basically, first of all, to build a record, of course, because without a record, like you can't get any money. Um, but I had like, I believe seven or eight months of, of track records. We also with drawdown periods. And then when I got out of the drawdown again and again, that really gave me confidence. Like, okay, 
even when things aren't going good, I can stick to the plan uh, and I can execute my trades without making mistakes. And that really gave me the confidence. And from there on, I basically had some conversations with investors uh, and that's how it all went. But like, you really have to be very confident in your ability because trading with other people's money is really different from just your own account. Okay, so so where, so when you went to seek investment, how on earth did you find these investors? Um, they found me basically. <laughs> um, I'm very transparent about what I do, so my my track record is just online and on LinkedIn. I post things about trading. Um, and that's how people found me basically via LinkedIn and then they had connections uh, and some other people I know from building my business. They were like, hey, you're doing this trading thing. Um, can I invest in you? So I basically like actively, I wasn't really searching for it. It, it came to me once I had the results and I was just very transparent and open about it. Mm. Um, and during the conversations, I was also just showing, okay, this is what I back tested. These are the results I got live. They were very similar. Um, and just showing like confidence in your approach. It's really, really key. And so you were doing like a LinkedIn post and just saying, here's my back test result. Here's what happened when I live traded it. And that was it. Like a video? Um, or a... Well, not not even that. I, I post a lot of uh, free information about trading on LinkedIn, on Facebook. And I basically had in my profile, okay, I'm a Forex trader from the Netherlands, this and that. And then when people search for Forex traders, they, they found me. And they're like, hmm, okay, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. Let's hit him up. And oh. that's how it went. Oh, okay. So I didn't even post like, okay, I'm looking for investors. I didn't even post that, no. And these were these were private investors or, yeah. or the private investors searching up on LinkedIn? That is quite interesting. Yeah. That is very interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, and and so how do you how did you manage the trading other people's money i mean there must with that comes i suppose some sort of compliance stuff and some sort of technical ability to 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 make it actually happen i mean what's the what was the best way for you to make that happen and go forward there um well i basically let them make their own accounts uh, for regulational purposes etc and then i copy all those accounts and i connect them to my main account so when i enter a trade on my account it goes in all the accounts um, so I don't have to trade on every broker. And then every quarter I write a uh, overview of the quarter. So what went well, what did I do to improve all these things? And I just really keep in touch with them. Like if something goes wrong, I tell them whatever it is. So really, really transparent because I'm looking to build a long-term relationship and it's, it's their money, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, a small thing. Like they give me quite a lot of money. So I'm responsible and I have to be on top of my game every time. And did you have like a sort of predefined like uh, way that you were going to, because I've, I've listened to this other podcast, sorry, I'm going to digress a little bit here. Listen to another podcast called uh, How to Start Hedge Fund. I actually listened to mm-hmm. it from start to finish. It was quite entertaining. I don't know if, I, they don't post that often now, but they, uh, they, they talked about like how they would um, take a cut of whatever they made and all this sort of stuff. Uh, which was quite unique, and they were like trying to do it a bit different from the rest of the industry. They were like measuring it against the S and P and all sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and saying only if they beat the S and P, they'll, they'll take a cut. So, yeah. how did you decide? Okay, this is the sort of cut that I want, and how you how do you manage that if they're sort of they own the accounts and that sort of thing? 
Yeah, so um, I hate it when funds basically um, ask for money while they don't perform. And I know they have all these uh, costs that they need to pay to keep the fund running, etc. But I have an agreement with my investors that basically says, if I don't make returns, I don't get paid. So when I make returns, then we split the profits. And then if I don't make returns for a month, two months, whatever, I don't get paid. So I only get money when I perform. And then we have different profit splits. So for small investors, it starts with just a 50-50. But if they invest more, um, they get to keep more. And it goes like 70, 30 or something like that. Yeah, oh, that's clever. And did you come up with that yourself? Or did you research that? Or how did you decide on um, those figures? Yeah, I basically came up with it myself, but I also did some research, like how are other people doing this? Uh, what are funds doing? What can I do differently? And yeah, the main thing is like not charging people every month while I don't make returns for them. That doesn't make any sense for me. So that's why I don't do that. Okay. And, and so these these uh, these these investors that you've got, I mean, when you when you're actually, you know, so they own the account, they you make profit on their account. How do you get that profit, mate? Uh, I suppose sent back to your account, so you mm-hmm. actually get the benefit. Yeah, I sent. I just sent them an invoice. Ah, right. So it's just uh, a and then trans- they... business transaction. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, from a from the investor's point of view, and sorry, this is really sort of minutia stuff, but <laughs> do they do you see them withdraw the money, all the all the profit, or do they leave some of the profit in there, knowing that? The next month, you know, might be a down month. They might be sort of out of pocket, yet they paid you that share of the profit. How does that work from the, what they do and what you sort of see? Um, they just leave the money in, basically. Okay. Um, so, yeah, when when I say, like, send them an invoice to withdraw some, uh, some money, they usually just have it in their bank accounts. They send it to me and they let the rest compound because right. we really, like, it's, it's a long-term thing, you know. We want to be working together for five, ten years. And if you let your profits compound for that period, it really makes a difference instead of just withdrawing every time. But that's how we do it. And I know a lot of people ask this because we've had a guest on called Kyle in the past who was like, he was with the prop firms and he'd got about, you know, 15 of them or however many that he was funded with. Um, He was using a copy tool to do the copying. I mean, what kind of tool or software do you use to copy your trades across all these different platforms and accounts? Um, I believe it's a, tool from from fx blue uh it's just a free trade copier yeah no, yep. nothing special like it's i have to open up all my mt4s etc so it's not really that convenient i'm still looking for other options but right now this is what i'm running yeah. okay okay cool i've used that one before yeah it's um it's yeah it's it works good. it works pretty well yeah it works pretty well it does work well okay cool so so these um so you also talked about the fact that you've you've signed up with a prop firm uh, do you want to talk about that experience, how you went through that and got funded? Well, um, I always had a hard time to find like a prop firm that actually fits with me because I'm swing trading. I have like 10, 11 trades per month. I have to hold over the weekend. So I was always looking for the best ones. And then I basically found one that fits with me. And that's like what I always tell people, like, don't just sign up with a prop firm. Like, actually find one that fits with you because you have to follow the rules and if you don't you're out so i basically made an entire plan for the prop firm to uh, a risk plan a trades plan that fits with their rules and my strategy uh, and that's how i went about it basically like really structured organized before i sign up i need to know my plan and that's when i started and like most people lose their account within a month 
I've had the account for the entire year just because I plan out, I learn the rules, I know exactly what they expect from me, and that's how I did it. And did you need an, did you need additional time to get funded in terms of was 30 days enough or did you have to go with a funding firm that offered a longer uh, duration? Um, yeah, normally I would, but I changed my trading style a bit um, to get through the 30 days. But normally, yes, 30 days is quite short. Um, but because I changed my trading style, that's how I managed to get the past it, yeah. And so did, was this a two-phased approach? Did you have to pass the 30 and then yeah. the, another one? Okay. 60, yeah. And how long in total did it take you? I believe two months, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And um, and you trade that account religiously every month now with the same style? Yeah, yeah. Or is it the same style you use to pass the challenge or have you gone back to your, just your normal style? Yeah, I went back to my original style. So I used a different style to pass the challenge. And once I passed it, I, I'm just trading my original style now because there is no time uh, restraints, time limits, etc. And are you able to scale that account up as well? Or is it just one of these sort of fixed, you've got, let's say, 100K, you, you've got to do another challenge to get another 100K kind of thing? Um, they do offer scaling, yeah, but I'm, I haven't scaled up yet. So I'm just, when I make profits, I withdraw and I just, let it be there just as another account like it's connected to my main trading account just so i just have to push a button and it, it opens a trade like i don't have to put in many hours to to trade that extra account so okay cool and uh and what about um breaking the rules of a prop firm challenge which is or sorry it's a challenge but the prop firm is that mm -hmm. how have you sort of what have you put in place to avoid that ever happens um, good risk management, basically. So I know like the maximum drawdown of my strategies. I know um, how much trades I might get on a day. And, and based on that, I made a risk plan to make sure I never hit my daily loss and I never hit my max drawdown. Um, so I really left like an extra threshold. So let's say uh, based on my calculations and risk management, I can get a maximum drawdown of 8% then I might decrease my risk to make it 6%. And if the maximum drawdown with the firm is 10%, then I really have this extra space for if I make mistakes or anything like that. So more on the safe side than on the aggressive side, because again, I'm looking for this long-term um, relationship. Mm. And, and I'm going to ask a bit of a more technical question here around like correlation and mm -hmm. um and news as well so like say for example you've got some you know red news coming up across a number of different currencies uh you've got correlation against certain currencies as well you're getting trade setups how do you sort of deal with that so that you don't have you know a risk exposure too big that you're going to go and you know hit that drawdown limit or whatever you know the daily max drawdown kind of thing yeah uh, good question. Yeah. In terms of news or anything like that, in terms of correlations, I don't take a look at it at all. Oh. Um, and the reason being is that when I backtest it, I already combined everything. So my backtesting already has like, if I have to open three different positions in three t different related USD pairs, they are kind of correlated. Uh, and in my backtest, I already checked this. So I know the maximum drawdown, including correlated trades. Um, How, did you and do then, that? How did you do that from a, um, combining these backtest results together? I mean, what kind of detail did you have to go into to find out, like, this was the maximum drawdown? This was, we merged these trades together. What was your process in doing that? 
Um, well, I do everything manually, so it was a bit of work. I do everything in Excel, and what I do is my strategy, I backtest it on all the pairs that I trade, and then I combine them to see, okay, um, do I get like um, multiple trades on a day, or how does it look if I traded all the pairs for the past 10 years, um, and those type of things, and then I can really get the maximum drawdown out of it. But it's it's all manually done, basically. So it took me a lot of work and a lot of puzzling and a lot of formulas uh, to figure everything out. So it's it's quite hard to explain, honestly, because I think only I understand how right. I did it. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I mean, if anyone's going to take anything away from this, it's the fact that this stuff all takes time, right? It takes a lot of time. And at points, you're probably going to be thinking, why am I doing this? You know, if it doesn't work, it's I've wasted all this time. And, it's you know, you're trying to get in there and do formulas, merging pairs together and working out the drawdowns. It's, it's difficult stuff. But this is the devil in the detail of what has obviously got you to the point where you are today. Um, yeah, so exactly. Yeah. This is this is what makes a difference. It's the boring stuff. It's the, the things everyone knows they should be doing, but they aren't doing. And that's I was the guy that just was like, OK, I'm going to do it no matter what. And that's made the difference for me. Because you had, a, um, you had a, a digital agency, didn't you, that you were running at one point. I mean, that was obviously, was that giving you enough freedom to, to um, I mean, I suppose the question I've got here is around why trading versus the freedom that comes with running your own company or, or not? Um, yeah, well, I did some uh, SEO work, so the online marketing stuff. That's what uh, that was was I was doing um, like back in the day. Uh, it wasn't really my company, but I just did a lot of freelance work for them, and it gave me a lot of freedom. But in terms of like, I didn't really like it as I like trading. So I always liked trading. I still do after six years. I still do after all these hours of backtesting. Um, so yeah, that, it was an easy decision for me. This is what I really, really like. And the rest was just extra. And so we, uh, I mean, we talked about it before the show and we were going to touch on it in the show, which is around the realities of being a full-time trader, right? And managing mm-hmm. other people's money um, and what you see on Instagram or what you see on like, wherever else you see it. What, are, what, from your point of view, are the, what, what lessons can you tell everyone out there who's going, well, what would I be a trader? You know, and you are a yeah. Yeah, I believe you're a single guy, or you've got maybe. A uh, I've got a or, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, but you've got you know you haven't got a family and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind, folks. But yeah, go on. Let's let's hear it. Yeah. So on the internet, everyone knows that you see all these Lambos and all this holiday stuff. And like the reality of trading is, yes, you have a bit more freedom. You know, I can plan my own days. I can go to the gym whenever I want to. If I want to go on holiday, I bring my laptop and I can go on holiday. So that's true. Like you get a bit more freedom. But in terms of work, like you really have to put in the work. Like I'm working on my trading three hours a day, back testing. Then I'm trading. Then I'm journaling. Um, it really, like you said, it really takes a lot of time. It's not always holidays. Um, and when you hit a drawdown and you trade for investors, for example, like sometimes you have to explain yourself, like what's going on and those type of things. And it can get very, very stressful sometimes. And especially when you need to pay the bills, like maybe some month you make three times your normal income. And then you have a month where you don't make any money. And then the next month, maybe you have like half your normal income. So you don't have an evenly distributed income. And that's what most people 
don't know they're like okay i'm gonna make money every single month and it's gonna be great and i will be hanging out with my friends but like you really have to do some thinking about it because your income is really um variating every single month and on top of that you can get sustained drawdowns and then you you know you still get your bills you need to pay and it, it can be stressful so yeah like there is some benefits to it you can do what you want <clears throat> you get your holidays you get your freedom but it's more work than most people think right okay so so you can like triple your income one month and then there might be two months where you're actually using that tripled income to to offset yeah. that, that 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 month that you actually so you're really getting your normal income across every month but i suppose if you are practicing and stuff and you're getting better and better <clears throat> then um, would that reduce the number of months where you're in a drawdown and, you know, things don't go as well? Or is that just the nature of the strategy? Um, yeah, that, that can definitely happen, yeah. When you improve, um, you can have less drawdowns, etc. But, like, for example, this year I had some months where I made 10,000 euros, which is quite a lot in terms of income here in the Netherlands. Uh, and then the month after, you don't make anything. So you still have to pay your bills from the 10,000 euros. Um, so that's something to consider as well. And in terms of like, of course, if you're improving or maybe you add another strategy, these drawdowns can become less, but it's still a thing. Like strategies will go out of sync with the market. No matter what strategy you trade, there will be a period where the strategy is not in sync with the market. And during those periods, when you still need to pay the bills, when maybe people are complaining, you still need to keep your head cool and follow your strategy regardless of how you feel or whatever. And that's like the hard part that most people fail at. Okay, so so um, that's interesting stuff. That's interesting. So the the other investor that you have, <coughs> and we'll dive back into this, this uh, I suppose, income thing in a, in a bit, but the other mm-hmm. investor you have is you work for a, a fund, don't you? Sorry, they're not investor. You work yeah. for a, a hedge fund as well. Yeah. What was the thinking around, let's get some investors, personal investors on a hedge fund and do a prop firm as well? Um, well, I, I was just basically looking for more capital. Uh, so I basically looked at all the areas where you can get more capital from. Uh, and then, yeah, I did some posting on LinkedIn, like you said. And then one day I found a small hedge fund in India that was looking for traders. So I immediately sent my track record in, had a conversation. Um, and I also like the atmosphere because people that work for the hedge fund, like they know what they are doing. Um, so you, I can even learn more from them. So it's also about the learning experience, not necessarily like getting more capital. It's great, but also to keep improving after six years, which sometimes can be quite hard. So that's why. And so how do you, like, what is the, I mean, they're in India, you're in the uh, Netherlands. In Holland. How, yeah. How yeah. do you, how do you uh, converse with these people that are working for this hedge fund? Is there like a separate chat room or they have some sort of virtual Zoom thing that goes on forever? Yeah, so we have uh, meetings uh, via Zoom almost every weekend. And then we have a chat group where we just talk about uh, things, running the fund or trading, those type of things. So for me, it's all online. They have an office, um, but for me, it's all online, yeah. And I vaguely, and I may may be wrong on this, but I vaguely recall you mentioning that they wanted to potentially alter your trading style at the start or they've got a certain way they trade or the other people Mm -hmm. trade. What's what? How did that sort of conversation go, and what and where did you end up? Yeah, so during uh, the interview, if you may call it that, uh, we had a conversation about my trading style and about what they did, 
and they really trade it quite short term and i'm coming in there as a swing trader so they were like can you change some things about your strategy to fit with us and i was like no i can't because i don't know if if i change something if it provides me with an edge and they were like yeah that's true so <laughs> they actually allowed me to stick to my thing to my normal trading strategy because they were like this guy is so confident in what he does he he's not even going to change anything for us so he must be good um so that's basically how it went but that's another tip i want to give people like be confident in what you do like if you've tested your strategy if it all works be confident in it because that's very important and if someone asks me like hey change your rules because it doesn't fit with the other traders yeah sorry i'm not going to do that i'm just going to trade what i know this works. That's where I make my money. So that's what I'm going to do. Cool. And and what about yeah. um, reporting? Like, so you sort of talked about you've got to report, give these guys a report. Uh, sometimes you know you go into drawdown. What what on earth? And just to get my head around it, what on earth do you tell these people when you go into a drawdown, and you know that you've back tested this, and this drawdown's to certain degree to be expected, right? Mm-hmm. What do you tell them in the report? Do you have to sort of come up with stuff or how does that sort of play out? Um, well, I, when I get a drawdown, I always look at it like, is this a normal drawdown? Did I cause the drawdown? And is it within uh, the parameters which I backtested? Those are basically the things I look at. So is it a normal drawdown? Yes, in this case, this year, it was a normal drawdown. I also look at it like, did I cause it? Did I make mistakes? Um, did I mistrades those type of things that's what i explain if i did but i didn't and then i look at it does it fit with what i've back tested and if that's also the case i also explain like okay this is a normal drawdown i haven't made mistakes it's all within what i know so there's nothing to worry about it's just a bad period for the strategy so that's how i explain it uh, with numbers with details with graphs so they know exactly basically what's going on so again being very transparent about what's going on Interesting. I think people are going to be able to listen to this episode a few times back and take these take away these little nuggets, especially if they're in that position where they're looking to out to get uh, funding. Now, um, yeah. what about like? So you you know you mentioned okay, you know I made ten grand a month, you know sort of three times whatever I'd normally get. But I suppose going forward, is your plan to if you get more capital, then obviously that ten grand turns to thirty, turns mm-hmm. to whatever hundred. What's the plan there? Have you got plans or ambitions in that space? Yeah, so together with a business partner, I'm actually working on building a fund in the Netherlands, like a real fund uh, where just people can invest in. Uh, and I've had conversations with lawyers, etc., because it's quite a bit of a job to actually structure it uh, in the right way, legal terms, etc., so that's what I'm I'm working on with actually with two partners and I'm really looking to to scale up what I'm doing because what I'm doing works and we really want to get as much clients as possible and really build a big fund uh, here in Holland. And are they uh, other traders that you're partnering with or just business people that know how to do this kind of stuff? Um, one of them is actually someone I already managed money for and the other one, he just knows how to start these type of things. So together we're like, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. So you're the trade, you're still the trader. Um, yeah, I will and, always be the trader. Yeah. Right. And, and you're not looking to sort of get other traders on board and, you know, <clears throat> try and manage um, other traders or is this something down the line? Yeah. Something down the line, probably because diversification and those type of things. So probably in the future, we will be looking for traders, yeah. 
Okay, interesting stuff. Um, I do recommend listening to that podcast that I mentioned earlier, uh, How to Start a Hedge Fund, if you haven't heard it, because these guys go through it from woe to go the whole process, and uh, I'm sure you would take away some nuggets in there. That's going to take me a few months to, to get through it. Oh, that's gonna, great. I'm going to try and get these guys on the show, or at least one of them, um, and, and maybe get some insights from them as well. Uh, look, now, Cass, this is fascinating stuff uh i mean is there anything else that i haven't asked here that i should have asked that you wanted to share with everyone listening um let me think about it yeah a written trading plan that's like when i have conversations with traders i always ask them do you have a written down trading plan and like nine out of ten times people tell me no um and like the reason i say you should write it down because everyone tells you they have to plan in their head and when the plan is in their head and money is on the line, the plan in the head goes away. Um, so it should be written down. So everyone that's struggling right now, like ask yourself, do I actually have a trading plan? Because you're trading against professionals like big funds, people that know what they're doing. And they don't show up, be like, oh, this looks good. Let's enter a trade. No, it's planned out, you know. And if you want any chance at winning with this game, you should try to replicate what they're doing. So you should have a plan. You should follow the plan. And if you don't follow the plan, you should ask yourself why and find ways to improve. Like, it's always trial and error with this game. Like, I'm just a normal dude from the Netherlands, and I just put in the work. Every time I make a mistake, I make sure I never make it again. Everything I do, I plan, and it's organized. And that's the approach you should be having. Because if you're just showing up and, oh, this looks like a nice pattern, like, it's never going to work in the long term. It should all be tested. It should all be planned out. Very good advice. Very good advice. Now, um, Cass, this is fantastic. Now, before we wrap up, what's the what do you want to share with the guys in terms of how can they get in contact with you? Uh, I know if they want to watch uh, some videos that we've done on the channel, you've got there's plenty of videos over there on Trading Nut that you can watch to find out how Cass actually trades. And I believe the style is probably pretty similar to what you've shared over there mm-hmm. in the past um we might get you on and, and do something a bit interesting uh in the after the show here if we jump on a price chart because i don't know if people know or remember but we got you to do the trading challenge didn't we the yep. baptist yep. challenge uh and i know that when we did this random which way is price what's the next color candle <laughs> going to be cass he was vying for like i think it was a thousand dollars or something or yeah, two thousand yeah. dollars and he got nine out of ten nine yeah. out of ten right picked the color of yeah. which was like way ahead of everyone else um and i can't remember what you got on the t- challenge was it like two and a half percent i believe yeah I, I believe i ended up second place not sure about uh, the returns uh, I'll, I'll have a look while we're wrapping up so yeah do you want to let people know how they can get hold of you yeah, sure. So my website, cdfxtrading.com. So cdfxtrading.com. Um, and there's a contact page. And there you can just shoot me an email if you have questions or anything like that. I usually respond within a day. And I always like to connect with other serious traders. So yeah, that's probably the best thing. Cool. Well, look, um, here's a th- here are the results, people. So if you want to go and check this out, the video is actually up there on the channel. So Cass did come second. He got 9.1% gain across five trades with a 60% win rate. So fantastic yeah. stuff. Oh, and that was only on New Zealand US dollar. So that was only yeah. on one market yeah. as well. Um, okay, 
Thank you very much, uh, Cass. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Do remember, uh, hit subscribe, hit like, click on that notifications bell, click all, and we'll see you in the next episode. Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. All right, folks, so there you have it. Interview done and dusted with Cass. Now, I should have mentioned it at the start of the show. I forgot to do it, so I'm going to mention it now. We shot a video afterwards where Cass breaks down the strategy he uses to trade for all of these uh, funds, prop firms, uh, other people's money, all that sort of stuff. He uh, he breaks down the strategy in quite a lot of detail, in fact. It's, it doesn't tell you everything, but it's an awful lot to get your teeth into. So go and check that video out over there on the Trading Nut YouTube or on tradingnut.com. Do remember, whilst you're over there, check out the Robot Lab live build that we're doing. Uh, the If you do want to take part in a scalping challenge, then hit me up on support at tradingnut.com. And the Smart Money Concept Series is running again at the moment. If you're looking for that, that's over there on the YouTube channel. And I should have also mentioned we've got the, some new live streamers coming on the show as well. So these guys are doing live trading sessions, streaming it live uh, on the Trading Nut channel. So hit subscribe, hit like, and click on those notifications bells or hit review and review the podcast whatever you want to do um it'd be great to get some of those reviews coming through again uh but that's enough from me today uh thank you for watching thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one